Hello and welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast. I'm Dee, one of the managing editors at AnyFem. You can find most of my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can also hang out with me at Jose Next Door on Twitter, Tumblr, and Mastodon, kind of, sort of, when I remember that I have one. And I am joined today by my fellow AnyFem staffers, Chiaki and Peter. Uh, hi, it's uh, Chiaki Hirai. Um, you can find me on the Dying website, Chiaki747 and Animated Empress, uh, and also on Coho, uh, Co-host, as well as Tumblr, if I remember to use it, and otherwise the um, NFM Discord. And I'm Peter Phobian. I'm a manager of YouTube strategy and content at Crunchyroll and an editor at Anime Feminist. On Twitter, I'm at Peter Phobian. These episodes are going to age hilariously if, like, five years from now, Twitter is still kicking. Um, And we're all like, you know, that dying website, Twitter. So, um, anyway, this is the Winter 2023 Retrospective. And uh, as we usually do with these, we will be starting from the bottom of our Premiere Digest list and working our way up. Um, This one's a little unusual. We usually try to keep the same people on the wrap-up and the retrospective, but... Caitlin is uh, finally honeymooning uh, happily overseas, and uh, Sai unfortunately has uh, had some, just kind of has been feeling ill, so went ahead and took this one off. Uh, so send your sympathy flowers to Sai and your jealousy flowers to Caitlin, um, and Chiaki and I are here to uh, pinch hit for the two of them, which I guess that oh, wow. is as good an entryway as any into starting. Uh, near the end, I, ooh, okay, let's go ahead and talk about Onimai, because I know there was a lot of discourse around it, and Chiaki, um, I think, oh, you and Peter both finished it, so I think it's, I think yep. starting there probably makes the most sense. Um, none of us, none of us kept up with Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, which is another one that I know um, some of our audience members were curious about how that shook out, but um, it sounds like it just was not watchable, so, uh, but I guess Onimai was, so Chiaki, Peter, would you guys like to, uh, untangle that one maybe you know in a five minute period if possible uh you you have anything particular to say peter or should i just go um i'd be interested to hear your thoughts in the mid-season caitlin basically just directed people to read uh uh, your writings on it and referenced your twitter for the the watch thread so sure uh, okay probably just let you go yeah um yeah and if you if you're curious everything except for the last three episodes are on watch threads from on my twitter at animated empress um but the show is absolutely i I feel like a trans show and worth watching um it's it's kind of that horny and messy pile that you sometimes get with the second puberty phase of um you know just coming out and transitioning the the big problem with the show absolutely is that you know no way getting around it it's it's an all ages story set in middle school but it's really written for an adult audience so the humor the visual appeal is kind of cheap you know it, it leans heavy on the cheesecake which i think a lot of people uh, take issue with and you know uh, fairly so because it's sexualizing in a sense um middle schoolers but at the same time, I feel most of the show isn't about that. And most of the show is really just about my hero um, starting over their life uh, and being able to grow as a person in a way that they they weren't able to. Um, one, one particular thing of why going back, you know, why age back to middle school, I think it's poetic in the sense that my hero kind of lost their way 
in middle school because their little sister overtook them at that age. And they've been a mess ever since. So being able to restart from that age kind of helps them really get a second chance at life. Overall, a heartwarming story. The finale of the the show is also the um, was actually in the manga something that would have happened around episode six or seven of the anime. Uh, so they really kind of pushed it off. Um, and I think that is creatively a good choice. Um, I, I thought that would be the case as well. Uh, as soon as I f- saw that they didn't get into it, that episode uh, chronologically. Yeah. Uh, I think it re- it's, it's a fun time, visually good. Uh, any other thoughts, Peter? Uh, no, I, I think you uh, described it pretty well. I, I can definitely see, it basically is kind of the same problem with me as uh, I hate to make this comparison, but Musho Kutensei where it's like a older dude is now in like a middle school aged person's body and kind of having uh, well, much less sexual, more romantic interludes with other people of the, you know, who are effectively like mentally half their age. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one, I definitely could also see a lot of moments where there was uh, like different reasons why it would be said in middle school, as you said, uh, and, uh, I, I mean, I don't even, it's not even about my perception. I've seen a lot of people saying they really like trans people saying different moments really resonated with them. So, uh, it's just kind of a, a mixed bag, <laughs> as you said. And I think, you know, it's not, uh, there is that sort of shipping, you know, romantic angle that is kind of pushed through this, but overall I feel it's also a lot of, um, just accepting my hero as like one of the gals. Yeah. is the more important uh, perspective rather than like, oh, my hero is young again and is able to court young, you know, young girls in middle school that they would not have had the opportunity to court if they were themselves in their at their normal age, which, you know, I'll also note, I think just going by the math, you know, they would have been like 19 to 20 ish, 19 to 21, maybe uh, even if they were at their actual age. So it's not like they're a, an adult in their thirties. Uh, like yeah, but, but, but still, but uh, still, if a 19 year old showed an interest in a middle schooler, I would want to get that 19 year old away from the middle schooler. So oh, yeah, that's still, that is still an adult and that is still a huge, huge, huge um, maturity gap. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but I will just say that it's the relationships isn't, um, aren't really the romantic side most of the time. It, it does seem more, mostly like friendship. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't speak to this one at all, so I will just uh, I will just uh, hear from you guys and say that I I yeah the the sexualization stuff I saw in screenshots was too much for me, and I think that is extremely fair if it is too much for folks at home. But you know, I mean, I also understand how we can find you know resonation and value in in complicated media so you know i'm glad i'm glad for the folks that this one was able to resonate with mm-hmm. uh anything yeah. else we want to say on that all right just, and just to echo you know yeah the sexualization is absolutely the one huge negative point that i will have to stress over and over again yeah like, well and you said in the manga it's not really like that the anime kind of up to the up to the skis factor was that yeah. is that accurate? Yeah, it absolutely so. did. But you know, also looking at it, the author of the manga was fully like going hell yeah, let's go uh, with the adaptation. So mm. you know, it's it's not like the manga. It, the the author was like, oh no, they they made it horny. It, it's like 
yeah, this is this is part of my artistic vision, even. So, mm. Like, mm, okay, okay. So, yeah. So it's not even it's not even as simple as well. Maybe just go read the manga instead. So, uh, okay. Well, definitely a messy one. I think that's I think that's as good a place as it need to, to end on that one. There's probably no no neat way to tie that one into a bow. I don't think is there anything in the red flags category, uh, Peter. The only one you finished was Ningen Fushin, which I, hey y'all, I don't do the premiere reviews anymore. So like a lot of these shows, I'm like, if I didn't watch them, I have no idea what they were about. Uh, is there anything worth mentioning about that one, or did it pretty much stay the course from the mid season? Nothing worth mentioning about Ningen Fushin. Cool. Let's hop up. Um, how did Trigun Stampede shake out, Peter? I actually, uh, I I never caught up with this one after uh, I had a two week vacation and was oh, catching okay. up, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't hit this one. I couldn't really say how it ended. I, I'm not really sure if I would say anything had changed from our previous discussion regarding the topic okay. at all. Did they announce a season two, or were people just hoping they were going to announce a season two? A, a final phase was announced to be in production, whatever that means. So, <laughs> like maybe a movie, an OVA, or season two, or something okay. else. Um, but so, yeah, they're they're going to keep it going in some capacity. So they're probably planning to finish adapting because this is based. This is an adaptation of the manga, correct? Um, I think uh, certain points have been close to the manga, but it is yet again its own thing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, that's kind of a cool way to do it. it. Was probably a disappointment for people who were hoping for a straight up manga adaptation. Um, yeah. But you know, different iterations of of the same kind of concept. Um, so pretty much listen to the mid season if you want to hear about that. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, we cool. can skim right past that one. Hey, we can get to one that we've all watched. Uh, Tomo Chen hey. is a girl. Um, I This was one where I was about 10 minutes into the first episode and thought, I think I hate this. I think I want to stop watching. But I decided to push through because I'd heard, because um, Caitlin had said that by the end of the first episode, she was fond of it. So I pushed through. And then by the end of the first episode, I was like, wait, no, I think I like this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, I think that second reaction was was the appropriate one because it just took me it took me most of of the first episode to figure out that the show doesn't actually think Tomo needs to be more feminine uh, that Tomo can be herself like it's not that Tomo like wants to be more feminine to- to- Tomo feels like she has to be in the early parts of that first episode I was like wait is this what the show wants Tomo to be and then by the end there's other characters being like no I think you're cool just the way you are like you don't have to change yourself if you don't want to and that that ends up being more the the through line uh, start to finish so um, you know this one is definitely not perfect I mean there's certainly some some hiccups along the way but overall I I enjoyed this as a as a, a rom-com um, about a tomboy kind of figuring out that it's okay to be a tomboy. So what were your thoughts on this one? I just want to say ditto. And also uh, Sally Omaki just hits it out of the park. Oh yeah. Great work uh, doing the, the, her own dub for the English version. <laughs> wait, wait, who is this? Uh, Sally Maki is Carol. Uh, she voiced herself in Japanese and English for the. That's so the, cool. I did yeah. not know that. Oh, that's awesome! Good for her. Yeah, the um, the supporting characters, especially in those early couple episodes where the show is is sort of, I I think it knew from the start that it wanted to be a show about how Tomo doesn't have to change, but those early episodes are really into her feeling like she has to and kind of making fun of her a little bit for that in a way that can be that can lean into mean spiritedness at times. Um, so having uh, Carol and Misuzu around to just be like the best trash friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really kept those early episodes like fresh for me, and then and then you know as it as it continued, I got a, I got a better feel for June and Tomo and their relationship, and and became invested in their story as well. 
Um, but the supporting cast in this one is, is really a lot of fun. And, and Carol is Carol is terrific. So that's, that's awesome to hear about the voice actor. Yeah, what I had said in the mid-season was my pet theory was that the person just kind of, it was a four coma, so they kind of just made a comic where uh, I think they just kind of wanted to use this as like a gimmick for laughs. Mm-hmm. And over the course of the series kind of developed the actual story idea and maybe like retcons a bit. Because I my feeling was that Tomo's character was much more solidified after they'd done the flashback arc. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's when like the, the premise of uh, like, oh, no, Tomo doesn't need to change. She, she was just following some bad advice. Uh, kind of uh, like it all came together to, to make like the, the end narrative. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, as with you, like early on, I think a, a lot of my attraction in the series was with Masusu and Carol being so freaking funny. Uh, yeah. Before like they started to do better things with the the Tomo June romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there were, you know, I mean, um, I do think it probably took the writer a little while to figure out like how they wanted to juggle those elements. Um, but I think there are definitely seeds from the first episode, which is why I stuck with it. Um, because like there's that scene where she's talking to her uh, senpai in judo club, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, but that's like in episode one where she's like, yeah, I don't know. Like she's kind of, kind of telling him her problem and how she feels like she should be girlier. And he's like, no, I think you're really cool as is. Like, I don't feel like you, you need to change. Like, and then, and then even the second episode, which I think is the roughest in terms of it does that, that whole arc where, um, the skirt thing. Yeah. Where Tomo gets, mm-hmm. well, the, the part where Tomo gets go, drove, uh, groped on the train and June is upset about that and reacts in a way that is very, I think realistic to a teenager, but unpleasant to watch where he kind of like shames her for the way she's dressed. And then, but then like later in the episode walks it back and is like, you know what? I shouldn't be policing what you wear. Um, But then that is also the one where she like tries to go without wearing shorts under her skirt and is like super uncomfortable about it. Um, Yeah. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's the roughest episode in the stretch, but even in that one, there's, there's, there's signals throughout it that like the writer knows that, the kids aren't correct. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so I think that, I think that was what helped me get through those early episodes. And then that really becomes the through line, the further you get to the point where like by the last episode, I was like tearing up a little bit at the two of them having this conversation about, I guess the second to last episode, um, about like, you know, wanting this to be like a relationship of equals and, and June liking Tomo, like, you know, as this, as this somewhat masculine girl, um, and that being a okay with both of them. And I was like, Oh, this is really sweet. Actually. I'm happy for these kids. So yeah, this one worked out for me. Um, I'm glad to hear you guys had a good time with it too. And just to let you know, I mean, I used to read the manga, um, okay. back when it was first starting to publish and this, this started out on Twitter. So you can mm-hmm. probably tell, yeah, like absolutely. The very first iteration of Tomo and Jun were kind of one shot, you know, this is the joke kind of um, mm-hmm. uh, setup. And as the pop, you know, as popularity picked up and, you know, the series got an editor and it became published, I think that's when you really had that development behind the scenes, you know, in the mm-hmm. writer's room. And the anime production team took the finished product so they could you know work that from the beginning better mm-hmm. so i think that's you know, true yeah i think i think it it overall it, it did kind of get created you know the everything solidified later on but yeah definitely shows that yeah so so definitely when i could see where if folks dropped at the beginning because it wasn't like gelling with them or it like left a bad taste in their mouth like i totally get it but it did it did 
ultimately I think it, it kind of knew what it, where it, what it was doing and, and got to a place that was a lot more um, like, I hesitate to say progressive because I don't think that's, that's quite, I don't, there was an article that was like, Tomo Chan is uh, what, like a trans story. And I'm like, it's not that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you would tell people, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it, um, I, you know, I, so I wouldn't go quite that far, but I do think that it, it has some nice stuff to say about the way, especially teenagers try to like cram themselves into expected gender roles in relationships and how like you shouldn't have to do that and you don't need to do that. So, you know, leading, leading to this, this happy ending for the two of them, I think was, was a, was a nice way to, to tell that story for the, for the target audience. So yeah. yay. Okay. Anything else on Tomo Chan or shall we move on? Uh, just for MAGA fans, I recommend checking it out because uh, the MAGA does some really cool stuff to pack like narrative into four panels uh that's Mm -hmm. really neat so uh definitely just read the manga oh that's good to know check Mm -hmm. out the manga for a slightly different version of the story so uh okay i guess the next one we can touch on is revenger uh peter you finished this one is there anything anything else to say about it i think it based on some of your comments it it went a little off the rails but uh correct me if i'm wrong there and i wouldn't say it went off the rails it just kind of i don't know he he revengered uh, he got <laughs> he did it uh, <laughs> he sure did revenger all over the place <laughs> i don't know it's just it's just, it was kind of like uh what was that anime from i think it was last year with the uh, the crow woman uh mm. joran yeah yeah god yeah. what a disappointment that was uh, yeah i i don't think it was i, I it definitely didn't. It wasn't as interesting as Joran starting off, uh, but it mm-hmm. kind of just took the same course where it's like big villain reveal, kills villain, uh, has that samurai ending where you know they get stabbed in the back after you think everything's resolved, uh, and roll credits. Like I, I don't know. It was just uh, we talked about. There's like a lot of problematic subplots in the middle of the story, and then it just mm-hmm. kind of uh, had a very generic close. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not much to say. So Urobochi had to get paid some extra money to fund his puppet adventures, is what I'm hearing. Uh, perhaps that could be the reason. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, well, we can we can move on to the next one on the list. Uh, Reborn to Master the Blade. I believe this was the one we were lovingly referring to as Murder Baby in the chat. Is that correct? Yep. Murder Baby stays yeah. Murder Baby. <laughs> Did you like like pretty much stayed the course? Um, Anything, anything. Did you enjoy it? Let's start there. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was, it was fun. Um, nothing, nothing to really write home about. I feel like the more it got away from the initial premise of a literal bloodthirsty baby, um, mm-hmm. and more like teen teenage girls who want to kill monsters, want to kill God. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a show. <laughs> Does it have an ending or is it like a light novel adaptation that just sort of stops? Absolutely. Kind of like it ends on a major point. It's like we beat the bad guys kind of moment, but there's certainly like, and there's more bad guys coming. Mm-hmm. But, our, but our journey continues. Gotcha. Yeah. That uh, does it lean up. My one problem with the series, I mean, the series is pretty much just like uh main character fucks up villains uh, for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while I would do like a weird scene where she'd be looking in the mirror and, uh, like, you know, cause it's a reincarnated, like 80 year old man or something. You yeah. go like, man, uh, I, I've turned it quite the looker or something like that. Uh, does it, 
stop doing that. I feel like no, it was harder to maintain the it, illusion. <laughs> it kind of right. keeps going with that, yeah. which is like yeah. the one um, unfortunate thing about this show. It's like, why did we even need that extra bit of storytelling? Like it, it's not really utilized yeah, aside just, from the, aside from the, you know, occasional gag of, Oh, look at these kids that I would treat as my grandchildren. Also look at my breasts. They are, they are nice and big now kind of like i wish that wasn't part and like coming from me as one of the most like biggest adherents of i love tsf stories and i i want more of them and i want them constantly it's like this show absolutely did not need it 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 could have just been anyone with a you know bloodlust to kill god and it would have been fine no reincarnation needed huh yeah 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 that's that's a lot of the a lot of the I, I'm assuming this one's based on a light novel based on the extremely long title. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And it, it almost feels like like that's just the hook you have to put in them because that's how that's the trend right now. And some of them utilize it in kind of interesting ways. And so many of them, it's like it didn't even need to be there. Like they just kind of are immediately just characters living in a fantasy world and the, the reincarnation element does not matter. So this is this it sounds like is kind of in that secondary category, huh? Yeah, like there are moments where um, Ignis will be like, oh, you know, this is completely different from my time when I was alive. And this was the case then. And this Uh is how this is how things work for me and blah, blah, blah. Like there's moments where the reincarnation bits make sense to kind of point out or Mm -hmm. adds intrigue. Mm -hmm. But like, I think the biggest problem is, you know, Ignis being a 80 year old hero king on the inside is wholly unnecessary mm-hmm. so sounds like if you like that style of story then that one might work for you otherwise probably nothing much there for you um speaking of isekai light novels i think this is an isekai maybe not mm-hmm. maybe it's a straight-up fantasy chilling in my 30s after getting fired from the demon king's army chiaki you finished this so, one as well Thought. yes so this is not an isekai it is a okay. fantasy uh, fantasy story. It's about you know if you ha- you can read the first episode review probably, but it's right. about Daryl who is uh, exiled from the Demon King's army and finds work uh, in the local at a local village and becomes the head of the village. Marries a girl. The problem with the show was that you know from episode one it was boob jo- boob joke uh, a clock ah, and so there was a lot of that. But I will report. Uh, Marika, who is uh, Daryl's um, wife, who is like 99% of the show's boob jokes, is the only person with the boob jokes. Everyone else is... Lo- it's it's everyone loves Freeman, except, you know, it's Daryl. Um, and a surprisingly a heartwarming ending, uh, but... You know, you still have the fan service. It's still not really a... It's more of a comedy series rather than a real drama. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It was nice for what it was. Um, and just, yeah, just fun. Just fun. Okay, so you liked it, but nothing not particularly bad. memorable or... Surprisingly not bad. Is that what you said, Peter? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. surprisingly not bad, I think, is the perfect way to put it. A, a glowing recommendation. Um, okay, we are entering the neutral zone, and I kind of want to skim through some of these. Peter, you're, it looks like you watched a decent number of these. Nier Automata is one of the ones I would have liked to talk about, but I'm pretty sure that one's on hold, isn't it? Like, they haven't finished it yet. Yeah, I feel like since the mid-season, there's been two new episodes because it's been on a hiatus two or three times. 
Okay, uh, we can sit on that one then and maybe touch on it again once it once it comes back from hiatus, like for real. Yeah, for it's real. on episode eight right now. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think there have been like yeah. illnesses, uh, like at the studio or something. I maybe maybe not. Maybe that's just a rumor. Uh, I just know there were uh, among Anaplex there were several delays uh, that I believe they said were COVID nineteen related. So that's one we can touch on later. Um, I guess we can touch on. Uh, I know this was one that um, again Anifem. Uh, audience members were curious about the ice guy and his cool female colleague i dropped it three episodes not because i like hated it um but i kind of just got a feel for what the show was going to be and didn't necessarily want to keep up with that for a full season um it was fine it was just a little too like chill haha for me uh, <laughs> um cool and there was an element where like when he got hot and melty he like melted into a child and i found it just a little bit creepy um, and it was just enough to make me go, you know what, there's other stuff out there to watch. So I didn't, I, I, I fell off of that one, but it looked like you guys both finished it. Um, any thoughts on the final? Did it pretty much stay the course? So if you liked the early episodes, you would continue to like it. Um, how are good we news. About that one? Good, good news. news. He does it again. Ah, yeah. He melts. <laughs> he melts. He does. <laughs> Hate it when I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I say, well, I mean, I did like the early episodes, but by the end I was just kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I just, it just kind of got a little boring because it was the mm-hmm, same yeah. kind of cutesy. Like they're, they're blushing over the same things they are in episode 12 as they were over in episode one. Um, yeah, that was the vibe yeah. I was starting to get from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there weren't, they, they weren't doing enough with the side characters to like keep it fresh. Oh, yeah, so maybe that changed. Uh, ah. My characters are all the same too. They they yeah. do the same bit that they've been doing since yeah. episode three. So, yeah. Ox Girl can be funny, um, but uh, that's about it. But yeah, they all have mm-hmm. like similar relationship dynamics. Very chaste. Uh, so by the end, I was just kind of like, okay, no, nah, I'm not going to expect much from this. Uh, but yes, it, in the final episode, they uh, he gets a fever and turns back into a kid. Except this time. He like because he's turning into a kid or something. He trips on her and lands on top of her on the bed, and she's got this Oops. huge blush on her face. And it's not framed very well. If you're looking at like maybe directorial intent, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a yeah. that's a weird time to have that moment with him. Maybe you should have it when he's in his adult body. Yeah, so <laughs> weird, weird, creepy moment to to end things off on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also was about to drop this show at like episode six. Mm-hmm. because it wasn't really doing anything but you know i saw that nfm listeners wanted to hear more about it so i just powered through it really nothing much i guess um uh what's his name humoro's uh little sister is introduced like at episode eight or nine ish mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah that's one new thing but aside from that <laughs> wait i feel like she that's too bad has a crush on uh Fuyutsuki as well uh and i mm-hmm. was wondering if they were gonna like like get into a fight or there was going to be some sort of competitive element, you know? Um, but even that she just kind of stayed out of his way uh, even then. So uh, she wasn't a fly in the ointment or anything. Yeah. Uh, just, I, mean, I, actually, I guess that's a good thing. I think that would have been worse if she hadn't, if it had been the other way around. So uh, yeah, I was about to say it does sound kind of problematic, but also it would have been uh, some sort of form of so- conflict as well. So <laughs> I, I have mixed yeah. feelings about that. Yeah. Also, I still can't tell. It, are are Fuyutsuki and Himuro dating or not? Like, yeah, I that's still the other cannot. Thing. I cannot tell after twelve episodes of them doting on each other. I still cannot tell if they're actually dating or not. They don't want to put a label on it, you guys. Just, just okay, you know. okay, okay. 
It's going to be like that one uh, G-Witch comic where she like wakes up one day and they're married uh, and like neither of them know what happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, may they may they happily uh, be in a not dating for another 24 episodes off screen. Um, okay, so that was Ice Guy. Uh, next one we can talk about, I guess, is High Card. Um, I have very little to say about I finished this one. Um, I had a good time. It's just pure popcorn action flick. I mean, I yep. could definitely there's there's elements of it that you could definitely pick into from a feminist perspective um, in terms of some of the stuff it's trying to do with found families. Um, the way it, there's like one female character in the main group whose whole thing is like she gets possessed by like a sexy source, a sexy sword. Uh, <laughs> so I would by no means call this like, you know, a, a, a model of like, you know, feminism TM. Uh, material um i also was kind of annoyed that like on the surface the cast looks pretty diverse but then like the one brown person on cast like never is like the is the only character who doesn't get a focus episode so that kind of sucked because i and he has cool plant powers i was excited to learn more about vj and we didn't get anything now we are getting a season two on this one so they do have time to like expand the supporting cast which is good and i hope they do um yeah i had a good time but again it's it is it is pure popcorn it is fluff um that's that's pretty much where i was with high card like it was it was kind of nice to have a show i could just sort of turn off my brain and enjoy some action sequences involving magic uh playing cards yep good animation uh cool suits uh mm-hmm. some of the powers are pretty fucked up like the guy who can like just whatever his hand passes who turns into marbles including human bodies mm. uh so a little bit I was of body wanting- order maybe yeah. I was wanting more of the powers to be like that, to be that level of like wild. Yeah. Um, and, and there's definitely like some that are like bizarre in just like how specific they are. Um, but most of them don't get quite that ridiculous. Although the bajillionaire who can just like turn things into, who just like has piles of money around and then transmutes them into items that are worth that amount. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty fantastic i did i did sort of laugh when that when that came up so yeah, not very helpful uh, if you're not rich but uh yeah oh no 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 yeah. this this is definitely one of those shows that like on the one hand the main character is like a a scrappy up-and-comer trying to help out the orphans because he grew up poor but then like the show has such a major and like it's kind of critiquing that hyper that hyper rich lifestyle but also has like a major hard on for that hyper rich lifestyle so uh, again, very, very like Hollywood action flick in yeah. in a lot of ways. I think reminded um, me of a so. Kingsman. Yeah, mm. I I I got the feeling that that was maybe one of the influences um, of the creator in terms of like cool dudes in suits, explosions go boom, kind of mm. kind of uh, <laughs> slick element to it. So yeah, um, fun one. I'll be curious to see how season two shakes out. I, I will probably stick with it because it's it's nice to have that. Yeah. Uh, Chiaki, the next two on the list you watched and uh peter you watched one of them uh, they have very similar titles farming life in another world and campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skill um anything you wanted to say about either of those or did they pretty much kind of stay the course i can't remember if farming life uh the introduction to the um the first episode review i don't remember what was said on it but it does kind of become a pseudo harem show mm-hmm. um so just making sure people know that if that is what they are, you know, what, what they're, they don't know what they're heading into. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of a nice ending, you know, it, it, it ends with a childbirth. It was all cute. It's nice, whatever. Um, but overall, yeah, every, every, a bunch of girls end up um, 
joining Matteo's farm and they all farm together and live the pastoral life. It's fine. Whatever. Um, Campfire cooking? Good doggo. Best dog. Uh, Anything else, Peter? The slime is cute, too. He adopts the slime. Slime is cute. Slime is the cutest. Little slime baby. Names it Mm -hmm. Sui. But nothing really to add. Nothing Uh, really to add past the mid-season. They introduced the goddesses, who I think... uh, I I don't know if it's just dumb or... uh, Yeah, all of them demand the dude send him snacks all the time or like beauty products and stuff so <laughs> total gremlins I'm not quite sure how to feel about that it's probably fine <laughs> but uh yeah besides that he just uh cooks a lot of food for his dog and his pet slime okay then so yeah. you know if you're interested in this chill out show uh campfire cooking is there for you yeah uh peter and this is this is a shame you're the only person on the call who finished buddy daddies i i just there was a lot of other stuff i was i was more interested in early on so i just never got around to getting back to it um how did that one wrap up did it did it finish up okay uh yeah i don't don't know how spoilery i should get um none try not to like no, no try not to try to keep away from specifics like you could say something like it has a downer ending or you know but like don't don't tell me like you know specifically what that would mean if that makes sense. Uh, it, uh, it does get a little dark and it kind of gets into like, do people who live in their lifestyle, uh, should they be raising a kid like that because they're endangering the kid just by their association with the kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there's sort of this implication that there's no way that they can leave the lifestyle, but uh, that it has a happy ending. So uh, spoilers, they did. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to get too into the, to the, the, I mean, I feel like the big kind of spoilers are in like that where it gets into the dark part. Um, mm-hmm. But I think ultimately they just wanted to have a girl and her two dads living happily ever after at the end. So uh, that was the the main thrust. Yeah. Did you like it? Would you recommend it to folks? Or uh, I there was in the dark part there was like one twist that kind of came in and complicated things, but the ending just kind of felt like super like uh, like predestined like that's the only way it could have ended you know what i mean did uh, they kind of hand wave away the problems like in favor of being like oh but don't worry about it happy endings for everybody kind of thing uh, yeah 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 like she never mm-hmm. she never found out her daddies used to be uh like <laughs> professional killers or anything like that so uh they just get to uh raise their daughter up they have one of those like you know uh time lapse endings where you get to see her go to high school and all that so uh it's pretty sweet ending i guess if you liked the early episodes uh just know that it does get a little brutal for two episodes or something, uh, mm-hmm. if, if that would scare you away. But otherwise, it's a lot of cheery dad stuff with a bit of mm-hmm. like sad dads. Just just <laughs> making sure. Yeah. Uh, gets brutal around where? Like mid-season end? I think uh, the, the penultimate episode and the episode before that is like a Let's big see. dark arc leading up into... Uh, it's right, the finale. I, I guess it would even be the last episode, yeah. Yeah, even okay. the last episode, just, you know, the last half of the episodes after everything's uh, resolved and they get to be happy again. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. We are moving right along. Um, unfortunately, no one on this call uh, finished Tale of the Outcast. I was trying. Um, they said as, as of where they, they weren't able to finish it, but they said that it kind of just like mid-season-ish, nothing new really to report there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll skim that one. Uh, we will talk about the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. I had fun with this one. How about you guys? It was fun. Yeah. Gay, gay, homosexual, gay. Yeah. 
I did enjoy how um, how explicitly romantic it got at the end. So, folks at home, if you're looking for a if you're looking for a queer romance, uh, magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady, it is about as canon as you can get. <laughs> so, um, there is there is kind of an element of which I you know I just always feel like we have to asterisk this stuff. Um, for political reasons, there is an adoption that happens late in in the game where they are legally sisters um but it is it reminded me very much of um so like edo era and even and even into modern modern japan to to a to a lesser extent um it was not uncommon to uh, if you didn't have any male heirs to adopt um, like your daughter's husband into your family so that that would become your male heir. And so you were technically siblings, but also married, but not, it was just like a loophole for like getting a male heir into the family. And that is effectively what they're doing in this situation as well. Except, I mean, it's not a male heir, but it, it has to do with like handling the throne. Um, so it didn't like, honestly, it barely registered to me, but then I saw some other folks talking about it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I could see why that might bother some people. Um, but it's like, it's, it's, it's pure politicking. Um, and it gives them a good excuse to continue to like be in the same room together mm-hmm. going forward. Um, because they're functionally married as far as I'm concerned. So, um, any other, any other thoughts or, or concerns that we want to bring up? Um, overall, I, I did like this one. Um, and it does have kind of an undercurrent of like anti-classism and like, you know, making, uh, cause magic is like kind of almost like tech, you know, it's kind of like technology, like it's limited to the upper classes and the main character wants to make it available to everybody. Um, and so that's, that's like a main thread of the story too. So it's, it's got some nice, um, some nice messaging throughout it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not a not a ton of caveats. I feel like um, a little teeny bit of fan service here and there, but not not much by any stretch. Yeah, I feel like you know, as far as Al, um, I hate him. I hate mm, him so um, much. The, the main uh, characters, Anis, Anis, Anis uh, brother, right? Yeah, Anis's yeah. brother. Uh, yeah. I hate him so much, but he is mm-hmm. such a complicated and solid villain when you think about it. Yeah. So perfect, perfect job as a villain. Mm-hmm. I've I've yeah. also heard from uh, light novel readers that the anime like is basically the best iteration of the story. Like it did a really good job of, of trimming down like some of the unnecessary, like world building stuff and focusing on the main characters and Mm. rushes the final act a little bit, but honestly I didn't have any issue with it because by then I felt like I had such a good grasp on the characters that I didn't need to spend a ton of time on like what was going on in their heads. Cause I like, I, I, I understood who they were at that point. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. Peter, any anything else to add? Uh, it was fun. It did feel like uh, like the plot points were coming at me super fast a lot of the time, but um, mm-hmm. it's I've definitely seen worse executions to that sort of thing. Really gorgeous animation, too, should mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it does look really good. Un- uncommon for Isekai series, uh, so... Mm-hmm. Or usually reserved for the, the most popular titles, uh, like Kushoku Tensei. <laughs> so, yeah. Was this not like a... Um heavy hitter i felt as far as popularity like what people were expecting to be a hit because i thought that people were looking forward to this one oh i don't i don't remember it like making many waves beforehand or coming from a particularly popular or like highly anticipated property okay so yeah yeah this one had honestly surprised me i was just like i I watch all the initial episodes and 
episode one of this looked really good, which is why it stood out to me. Uh, and then, of course, it turned into a pretty good series. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think we'd all we'd all say, you know, enjoy that one, folks at home, if you, especially if you like a like a fun fantasy series. Um, and again, as Chiaki said, gay, gay, homosexual, gay. <laughs> um, yeah. Good for you, Maggie Revo. Uh, next one on the list, kind of, um, let's, I don't want to spend too terribly much time on this. Um, I dropped it around, I dropped it at eight, um, which is a weird number to drop. Usually if I get past the halfway point, I'm going to finish it. Um, I was really starting to enjoy this one. Um, I felt like I was starting to get a better handle on the characters and the kind of politicking in the world. And once we got the main trio like together, um, I thought the story was clipping along at, at an interesting pace. Uh, two things happened. One, I went out of town, so it I I hit that thing where it's like you have to you're going to fall behind on stuff if you're not careful. Yeah. And I also hit an episode where the show would be so good, and then they would throw in some rom com bullshit. Um, and that was the one where they're like they're having like a genuinely good heart to heart in like a steam like a sauna basically, and then right at the end. Like she gets excited and like throws up her arms and the towel drops off and he sees her naked. And I was like, why that didn't need to be in the, you ruined, you ruined the moment story. There was no reason for that, except somebody was like, this needs to have some rom-com bullshit in it. (laughs) Um, That is literally my theory that like Nihei's editor is some crime for worm tongue guy going like that. The kids will not watch it unless there's a, a, she flashes him at some point. Yeah, clearly, clearly we have to include, we have to include a, uh, you pervert slapping scene every like four episodes or nobody will stick with this, which is a bummer because again, I I was, a lot of the other stuff I was really into about it. I liked the way they were, um, developing, uh, her as a character. Um, she was, she kind of started as like a damsel in distress, but I felt like they were building her up into more of a, a political figure with, with some, some, uh, I don't spunk is not the word I want, but it's the word I've got in my head. So we'll just go with that. Um, But yeah, so that scene ended the episode and then I got super busy with a bunch of other stuff and was out of town. And I just like ending on that sour note was like, I'll just watch other stuff. I don't need to come back to this. So I didn't finish it. Peter, uh, did you end up finishing this one up? Yeah, I finished it. And, and, and to your point, yeah, like I think Nihei went through like four manga before you ever saw anything like that. So I, I, I do think there's been sort of like this mainstreaming process with his art that might be the result of getting some influence from some editors. Uh, at least that's my hope. I hope it's not coming from him, but, uh, as far as the ending, it just kind of like finishes out the plot in that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be attacked by the, the bad nation. Um, Mm -hmm. okay. So it's not. Oh gosh, the manga is only a couple volumes long and still going. So yeah, it might be at uh, the same time. Yeah, uh, but after that, I think they announced a movie. A movie is how they're going to do uh, the next part, something like that. Uh, okay. Which is going to be now that the bad guys are defeated, uh, they want to like band everybody together and like find uh, this legendary source of water so that all of them can survive. And maybe it'll like reveal more about the weird ecosystem that they're in. Yeah, I really enjoyed the world building. I thought the the backgrounds, like the polygons, polygons people animation has gotten a lot better. It's still they're still not the best CG studio, but gosh, the uh, the background artwork was gorgeous. Um, really liked the soundtrack. Really liked the world that was getting built around them. There's some kind of interesting like environmental elements to it in terms of them like you know trying. They're like running out of a water source, and so everybody's arg- fighting over this and. Um, 
you know, how the, how the different, uh, like nations, I guess, sort of, um, are trying to grapple with that. And I really, really enjoyed that about it. So, um, maybe, maybe one I could maybe see myself coming back to, but possibly in manga form instead of, instead of anime, just cause it's a, it's quicker that way. So I would also want to mention, uh, they, they like beat the evil King, but his country's still around. So I imagine they're going to work together and, uh, mm-hmm. As part of that, I think uh, Amarat, the really cool badass female knight on the bad guy side, she was side, cool. Is yeah, probably going to come around to some sort of like redemption arc. I think. I got the sense the she was not like her boss was kind of cackling villain, but she did not feel that way. It felt like she felt like she was just trying to do the best she could for her people. So yeah. um, I was curious to see where her character went. Yeah, no, there's definitely some good stuff in there. I just, I just got an, I just my level of. Um, my ability to put up with the BS is getting gets a little bit smaller every month that yeah, I get yeah. older. So uh, that was that was kind of my sticking point with that one. Yeah, that was a bad scene. Yeah, but sounds like if you can get past that, um, then you know there's there's some interesting stuff in here, and I do think it's one that builds well on itself. I think if you can stick with it, it gets it gets better and more engaging as you go. Um, so something to keep in mind for sure. Uh, oh wow! Okay, um, next one on the list is Endo and Kobayashi live. Chucky, Peter, you guys didn't watch this one, huh? Nope. Nope. Okay. I don't I watch I good monologue. shows. <laughs> uh, I guess I get to monologue for a minute here. Um, yeah, I I wound up enjoying this one quite a bit. It is um, trying to think of what to talk about from the mid season without spoiling too much. Um, the there's some meta, meta elements in it because the idea is like um, two people in the real world are playing a visual novel and then the, one of the characters in the visual novel starts to be able to hear them talking about like commenting on the game from outside and so they start to communicate with them because one of the IRL girls is like super into the quote unquote villainous character who's like a big tsundere and she's like she's just misunderstood if people just knew what was going on in her head then they'd, they'd all love her as much as I do um, and so she kind of ends up being that like communicator for them like wouldn't it be nice if there was a character in this world to like cut through everybody's inability to communicate and help them talk to each other. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and then it also does some really nice stuff in the final arc about how um, connecting with like fictional characters, like can impact people and like, you know, maybe give you a boost on a bad day or some confidence because you can like resonate with them for this or that reason. Um, and especially in the case of like characters who are maybe not like the most popular characters in the product, you know, it's the, the bad guys. And as a, and as a lifelong team rocket lover, I can understand that. (laughs) Um, so it's a very sweet story. It definitely comes with, there's a lot of nods to like problematic elements in visual novels that the story doesn't necessarily engage with, but it doesn't also like criticize, um, which that's more in the early part of the series than the end. Um, like there's, there's a route with like a kid who's basically like a middle schooler and there's a route with a teacher because visual novels, um, that's like not uncommon. And the show doesn't do anything with that. And in fact, like it does sort of quietly reject that because it nudges both of those characters towards relationships with age appropriate people. <laughs> um, and they never have like a, a romantic relationship with the, with the protagonists, um, so, but it also doesn't, there's never even, there's also not a moment where the characters are like, hey, that's super messed up. <laughs> so uh, your mileage might vary on like how it handles those elements. Um, but overall, I thought it was a, a very charming um, shoujo series um, that, you know, kind of plays with um, the way 
people interact with fiction and you know uh, fictional characters and so i uh, i liked it a lot so i would i would i would give that one a, i would give that one a thumbs up um for folks who are who are interested in the premise for sure i should um, check that out actually yeah yeah i think i think you would enjoy it um it is it is i will say it is um what's the word relentlessly that's not aggressively it is aggressively heterosexual it is one of those where like every, every there are boy girl pairings like as far as the eye can see um but most of the i find i found the couples pretty cute and there's there's a big focus on you know um communicating with each other and like looking out for each other instead of it just being like one person protecting the other so i i thought those elements of it were really sweet as well um yeah so cool. uh you know not not a not a flawless series but but a, a, a nice charming one and i do like to see a good a good shoujo on the the schedule um moving up to our final trio of new shows technoroid overdrive chiaka you were hollering about this oh one a little God. bit in in the slack uh how <laughs> is should should i watch this pitch I've been me looking forward to this. okay yes. no. so yeah. like just just to clear up any confusion, um, it, it does indeed end with the android sing and dance and um, cure racism. So <laughs> it does have that does have it, you know it does have that going against it. Oh, I took a sip of water at the worst possible moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But so we cured racism with song. <laughs> Continue. But I will say this is probably even more cyberpunk than cyberpunk edge runners. And okay. that I, I would like well, my to understanding see is that's the not mobile game. Do. Boom. That's true. Got him. Uh, uh, but, how, how, how do you mean? <laughs> I, like just the setup of this show being, you know, and I mentioned this early on in the three up ep, uh, three episode, but you know, this is about a show with the backdrop of ecological collapse and, um, sentient androids getting you know facing sort of subhuman uh treatment um you know they they ride in the back of the trains and all that kind of stuff um oh, it, okay. it does so yeah it not, does not yeah it does ramp up the anti-android hate uh towards the end of the series um mm. as you know there's like a whole sub there's like a whole B plot of um, whether androids deserve aut autonomy and, you know, recognition as uh, sentient beings or not, um, which feeds yeah. into the A plot, which is the boys want to pay their electrical bills. So they want to sing and dance and become top performers so that they can make money. Um, mm -hmm. over overall, there's like, it, it does do a huge lore dumping starting like episode eight or nine ish. And from mm -hmm. there it just become, it just goes off the rails in terms of wait, what happened? I thought this was about idols. No, it's not about idols. It's about, it's about a revolution within the androids and what the, f <laughs> it was pretty wild. I liked it. It, it was, yeah, it was fine. I, yeah. I can't decide if I want to try this out at some point or not. Um, You've definitely um, you've definitely piqued my interest on a show that I really was not interested in at all. So I, I will say that um, I do I do like a I do like a cyberpunk that goes buck wild at the end. So mm -hmm. it's like in, it's not guns blazing buck wild, but it's this it's mm -hmm. this weird like wait what do you mean what do you mean those androids are actually built from this mm -hmm. 
So it's, it's like these, it sounds like it swerves a lot harder into social commentary than than maybe it seemed like at the beginning. Is that fair to say? In a sense, in a sense, yeah. yes. But okay. um, the overall story, um, like, is still kind of fluffy at the end. Uh, that I will say, it's not it's not like hard hitting. Um, the, the androids' rights sort of thing isn't front and center. It's very um, subtle, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then they sing a song and everything's fine. So yeah, so they, maybe they a sing little a oversimplified. They sing a little song uh, and they win their freedom and um, you know oh boy. Oh they boy. do a time skip. They they do a time skip. I found out. I found out. There's a mobile game for this. Of course, there's a mobile game for this um, that takes is. place ten years later. So this is actually a prequel to huh. the mobile game. Okay. Um, and so it explains why the mobile game is the mobile game and. I am. I am so. I, I want to play the mobile game now. Yeah, this definitely sounds like a bit of an interesting mess. I would be very interested in uh, someone pitching us an article on it, maybe. Um, so you know, just nudge, nudge for folks at home who are interested <laughs> in these topics. Uh, anything else on that one, or should we should we uh, move on to the next show? Let's go. Okay, Epon again. Um, I don't have a ton to say about this one, except it was great and I really liked it. <laughs> Do you guys have much else to add? So I'll, I'll just chime in real quick on this. Um, mm-hmm. I know a little bit about Judo, uh, mostly mm-hmm. because I had worked on profiling um, Keiko, uh, Shihan Keiko Fukuda, the highest ranking judo, uh, woman judo, judoka in the world up until her passing, wow. I think like in 2018 or so. Mm-hmm. And so in, I don't know judo as a sport, as a martial art as well, but I know mm-hmm. in like Fukuda Shihan's achievement of uh, ninth dan, the, the sex, the sexism that kept her from advancing and you know, all that, how women have to fight so much harder to be recognized in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just nice to watch the show to kind of get it like on how technically what kind of achievement it takes to be good at judo. Mm-hmm. So it kind of filled out the other half of the story that I was missing. And I, I grew a renewed appreciation for the martial art. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see how that would how that background would, would kind of feed into your, your interest in the, the series for sure. And this is not a series that is necessarily about like, I mean, there's at this point, are there, there's, are there male characters? Um, so it's not necessarily like engaging with that sexism, but the fact that it is a show about girls doing martial arts that does not sexualize them. There's, I mean, there's a couple of shots of them like changing out of their, their gi, um, like after a match, but it's, it's very much just like a neutral shot. I mean, they're in sports bras. Like it's not, it's not a big deal. It just, it just feels very like naturalistic, like in the locker room type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciated that about it because it is hard to find a lady led sports anime that doesn't also kind of feel like it's, you know, selling them as like sexual beings, I guess, or, or idols at the very least. Um, so to have a show that is that is really focused on them playing the sport and developing relationships as athletes and developing their um, you know their goals and their technical skills um, was just very refreshing. And it doesn't really have an ending because it's based on an ongoing manga that's like twenty volumes long or something. Um, so I would love us to I would love to get more of this. Um, yeah, just really enjoyed this one. I, I I hope that it does. I hope that it did well enough in Japan to justify like more 
adaptations of like lady led sports series um, and it looks good. Like it's not, it's not, I wouldn't describe the animation as like super flashy, but like when it needs to make a match look good, it looks good. Um, so I, I appreciated it for that as well. Uh, it conveys the, the drama. Yeah. It conveys oh, the drama of, um, yeah. of a match very well. Yeah. And, it is, you know, it is very well storyboarded and then the animation, you know, pops when it needs to, I would say. Yeah. And, you know, I hope that, you know, in watching this, you know, even one more, you know, girl watching this, feels like oh i want to try judo too like i hope that's yeah. what it inspires yeah me too go out and go out and flip someone over your shoulder it'll be great <laughs> <laughs> peter any thoughts on this one uh no i i never finished the series after episode eight i never caught back up on it but i'm glad to hear nothing uh i mean it was on, on a great course uh mm-hmm. glad nothing really bad happened in the last four episodes yeah. i'll probably uh, catch up on it at some point but I would recommend this one for you for sure because you like you like a good sports series, and I think you would I think you would continue to enjoy this one going through. Yeah, I was enjoying it. Had a good cast, so Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, um, it's a little gay. A little bit, yeah. Like the teacher, the teacher, the the teacher in particular, like seems to like mega have a crush on on the other the other coach. Uh, I would I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. Other, otherwise, it's mostly subtextual. But yeah, a little bit, little bit of that in the background uh, for those looking for it, because it's a sports series. I mean, you can't have a sports series without a little bit of shipping, right? <laughs> um, Got to get those ship teases in. Uh, so yeah, Epon again, um, another, another pretty wholehearted recommendation for me. Um, and then the last one on this list, I mean, I will probably touch on sequels briefly because I don't necessarily want to end on a bummer. But the Fire Hunter was was um, at the top of our list here, and it is just, it's just a very rough adaptation. Um, not just in terms of animation. I, I have a feeling this, I have a feeling this is a very interesting novel and I would be super into it if I was reading the novel. Um, I also have a feeling it was a novel that was very difficult to adapt, like no matter how you did it. Um, and I don't think this was the optimal way to do it. Um, in addition to like, God, I love the art style, but the animation itself is very rough. Like you can, you can tell they just thought they were going to be able to do more with it than they were. Um, so it's not like it's storyboarded to have minimal resources. It is storyboarded as if there's going to be some like really kick-ass fight scenes. And then it's a lot of like awkward, like freeze frame type stuff or like people and animals like moving like very awkwardly across the frame. Um, so that's a bummer. Um, but it's also the way it tries to, there's a lot of lore that it kind of just ends up info dumping on you. And the way it bounces, there's like, it's, there's effectively two main characters. And I, I would imagine in the book, we're kind of like bouncing back and forth chapter to chapter kind of thing. I don't think the series does a very good job of like gracefully weaving those stories together. Um, so you do just kind of feel like you're getting jerked from location to location. Um, like, like as a comparison, I think 86 did this beautifully in its first season where basically half of every episode was told from um, Elena. I'm going to mess up names because it's been a while since I watched it. Um, and the other half was told from Shin's perspective and like there was a cut like in the center of the episode and it was really well handled. Um, Fire Hunter is not that. <laughs> Fire Hunter is, I think it is really struggling to juggle all the stuff that is probably in the book. I would like to read it. I did finish the anime, but it, it was a struggle at times because I would find myself kind of like zoning out when I was getting info dumped on, um, and then I would kind of come back to it when it started to focus more on like the the characters in the moment and like how all this is impacting them. So it was a very up and down experience, and I don't think I could 
I don't think I could recommend it um, at this point. Um, but I would love it if the novel got translated. Peter, any thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I like, especially near the end where they're starting to introduce more concepts, like, I guess like gods are just like walking around and shit. Uh, whereas before they'd sort of refer to them, you know, like anybody would talk about the gods or something, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like whatever they're doing up in heaven. But, uh, it seems like they have emissaries down on earth and stuff you learn because Akita Ishida shows up <laughs> working. Yes, of course yes. Yeah. So, uh, you're just like, wait, God, like gods are down here and there's the insect people and it seems like it's coming sort of conflict. So well, and I think a yeah. lot of it, I can, I can never get the sense if they're actual, if they're like supposed to be, how much of this is supposed to be taken literally, and how much of it is, yeah. these are super rich people who have positioned themselves as gods because they have access to some kind of magic or technology or both, um, that like gives them these extra, these extra abilities, and they're lording it over everybody. Because there's definitely an element of like classism with the with the merchants and like what we see from in the outer villages and things. So there's a lot of like. Again, kind of like kind of there's a lot of like kind of fascinating elements like surrounding the cast. Um, I just I just feel like the adaptation does not do a good job of integrating all of that. And I suspect it was it would it would have been very difficult to do no matter what, because it feels like there's a lot of world building that is that has to happen with this one. But it's 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 a rough adaptation, which which is a bummer because yeah. in concept, I think I, I think I like this a lot. Uh, I really wanted to like it more than I do. Yeah, and the the fight, I think the fight in episode eight looked good, but uh, especially in the early episodes, uh, it's just mm-hmm. kind of like yeah, you're left very confused. It was just tragic because uh, I the, the the art style is very nostalgic uh, for I know. me. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I will watch season two for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> regardless, I'll probably stick with yeah. it and for a penny, right? And and I I, I like the, when the story is about the cast. I like the cast. Um, yeah. I think they're I think they're 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 fairly well developed, grounded characters. There's a good blend of of, of male and female characters, um, active female characters, which is nice. Um, Akira is a badass fire hunter, which is cool to have around. So yeah, I'm with you. Like I'm probably gonna stick with it, but it's hard for me to recommend because. I can see a version of this in my head that is like anime of the year and it yeah, bugs sure. and it's, it, and it bums me out that we're, we're not getting that version. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Uh, if it definitely, if it had gotten some, well, who knows how, how good the storytelling would be, but I, I mean, even based on the animation, the opening, you could really see like the potential of what the, the series could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, so doubly tragic. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like Akira might take Toko under her wing and like train her to be a fire hunter, which sounds really cool as a potential future. And then the shit going on with mm-hmm. Koshi's younger sister uh, really came out of left field. So yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of mysteries still swirling around the cast. And if the story can stay focused on that and not get too in the weeds on whatever's going on with like the spiders and the gods and like all these groups that are kind of like on the fringes, um, I think it could be a very strong second season. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I said early on, this kind of reminded me of uh, Princess Mononoke. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at this point, I think it's it's kind of like headed into Princess Mononoke 7, a second act, uh, where there's all these like different factions kind of obviously coming to a head. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm interested in what's happening with the characters. So uh, there are indeed uh, many aspects of the storytelling and animation that are very unfortunate, but uh, I'm... I'm, I'm pretty much stuck with it at this point uh we're both still here so that has to say something about it right (laughs) yeah for sure (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Um, real quick, because we are, um, as always, going over on our on our wrap up. As is tradition. Yeah, as is tradition. Uh, real quick, touching on sequels. Uh, Vry did want me to give a shout out to Lupin Zero. Yeah, Vry basically said it's it's if you like Lupin, like it's a really fun throwback. Um, but it does not treat women well at all. Like like hilarious bad levels of it um so they can't they cannot in good conscience give it a recommendation on the site but they they did just want to say like it's kind of a problematic fave for them so like if you're a fan of lupon and you're um you can probably overlook that for um for some of the goodness between uh lupon and jigen specifically so uh i wanted me to mention that peter did you want to say anything about vinland saga or inspector uh, Vinland Saga is doing really interesting stuff now. I haven't read the manga, so I'm just sort of experiencing the story for the first time in the anime. And mm-hmm. uh, they're really kind of, uh, I think it's always kind of been about like uh, toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. uh, like the, the nature of uh, how we kind of like deify warriors and conquerors, even though they're all the worst people in the world. Uh, uh-huh. so it, it's kind of like uh, Thorfinn detoxing after season one, where he was just a revenge obsessed teenage edgelord and kind of uh, also finding new meaning in his life so in that way i think it's it's uh it's been really good and now he's probably mm-hmm. gonna have to fight but again but from a completely different perspective of like not not wanting to kill anybody but needing to defend others so uh that's cool mm-hmm. uh i i personally love inspector i don't i don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know uh if i can recommend it too well, but it's uh, it's basically just supernatural, extremely horny Sherlock Holmes. Uh, <laughs> I really like Kodoko. She's great. Uh, it had some of my favorite, uh, like, it's a bunch of short stories for the season, and a lot of my, my favorite subplots were in this one, so season two is pretty great. Okay, so if yeah. you liked season one, season two, I sounds like you would, you'd have a good time with. Maybe better. Maybe better. Okay, that's oh. good to know because I was so so on the first season, which is why I didn't go back to it. But yeah, it, it really focused I'll, on I'll his cousin or whatever. Um, but I think in this mm-hmm. one, they they just do a lot of shorter stories that are more focused on the mystery or maybe the side characters who are uh, uh, mixed bag. Some of them are really charming. Some of them I don't really care about. Got a badass mm-hmm. older lady in one of them. Uh, so I, I think a lot of these subplots are more engaging than this weird kind of like overarching conflict they have with. Uh, Kuro's evil cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Uh, Chiaki, you and I both watched D4DJ All Mix. Um, it's also kind of a short story collection, so in, in the similar vein to Inspector Season 2. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it as much as Season 1 um, because it didn't have that 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 through, that through necessarily like clear through line where you're following like the same characters. It bounces around between the different groups. Um, that having been said, I enjoyed... <laughs> pretty much all of the short stories like i had a good time with it um did you did you also feel that way about this one yeah total ditto um i mm-hmm. feel like it needed more focus on the character building uh instead mm-hmm. you have the whole you know let's bring people back to this shopping center which like no one really cares about the shopping center we know we don't know about we don't really get to know who the actual shopping center is yeah and um overall like yeah it, it was fun it was just it was just entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. Good if you like the first uh, first season and to keep yeah, I think watching. If, if you like, yeah, I think if you like the cast from season one, you know, you'll get to spend more time with some of the other groups, and uh, definitely like the story arcs. Like your mileage will vary based on like how invested you are in each group. 
it's not like a super memorable season. I think, you know, season one cracked like my top five that year because it was a rough year and that show made me, that show brought me a lot of joy. Um, I wouldn't say season two did that, but um, like I said, still had a fun time with it. Not super memorable, but definitely enjoyable. So, so if you liked season one, check out season two. I, I think you'll have a good time. Just, just go into it knowing it's more like a collection of short stories than like, um, than a novel, if that tracks. Yeah. Um, I, I have been keeping up with Boongo Stray Dogs. It continues to be one of my, uh, favorite, like, emotionally sincere, bombastic action set pieces. Um, we're getting a season, it's, it's effectively split core, so we're getting a season five in the fall. Um, so I'll probably just save any, any shouting for, for when that's done, because we're like, we're like halfway through a big arc at this point. Um, but continuing to enjoy that. And then Chiaki Yu, I, so Bofuri season two, I enjoyed the first season a lot. I was like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I necessarily needed more, but let me watch the first episode and see where I am. And I finished the first episode and went, no, I'm good. I don't need any more of this. So I stopped watching. Um, did you enjoy season two? Would you, would you recommend it to folks if they liked season one? Good assessment. Um, yeah, it season two is entirely more of season one, except without okay. any of the community building none of the, like, the discovery uh they add like a sort of a po- pokemon aspect to it mid-season and then now they're in like a PUBG setting they keep trying to like try to make new reasons to you know new ways to play the game to keep the game mm-hmm. entertaining but like i don't care about the game because you know um maple's just gonna maple the whole way through mm-hmm. um Nice to see the extended cast, you know, all the other people in the show get sort of a spotlight this season. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one nice thing about it. Also, the game devs, the poor game devs constantly suffering and having to patch things because <laughs> of Maple. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're now their own characters just kind of on the sidelines going like, oh, crap, the, sh- the game broke again. Now we got to figure out how to n- not let Maple get away with it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's really, I think the core of the show was season one, season two is just mm-hmm. kind of there at this point. Yeah. Like it, it sounds like they don't necessarily have a clear idea of where they want to take the story from here. So it's kind of just spinning its wheels a little bit. It's, it's actually, here's, here's, here's a good way to put it. It's like you're watching a Twitch streamer play Final Fantasy 14. Okay. Right. So, you know, if that's something you enjoy, then you'll probably have a good time with Bofuri. But not 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 much beyond beyond that to like hook people in. It sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that is good to know. Um, I will probably just be happy with um having enjoyed the first season. Sometimes I do that. I just I stop a show at the end of season one because I'm like I'm happy with that story. Felt complete. Um. So that that was my my mood with that one. Um. Overall, I think not a bad season. Not a ton of like super duper memorable shows, but you know, definitely um a few a few ones that we that we enjoyed quite a bit and some good sequels. So. Not a yeah. bad time at all. Uh, any final thoughts, or should I play us out? Play it out. Yep. All right. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. If you like what you heard, tell your friends about us. And if you really liked what you heard, why not head over to patreon.com backslash animefeminist and become a patron. We have three tiers starting at the low, low price of $1 a month, which gets you monthly site updates and staff recommendations. Or, if you enjoy our podcasts, consider our $5 tier, which gets you a new bonus podcast and transcript every month, as well as access to our private Discord server, where you can geek out with your fellow feminist-minded anime and manga fans. We also have a store, animefeminist.com backslash store, where you can find cute and cool merch for the progressive geek on the go. 
And if you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, you can check us out at AnimeFeminist.com, on Tumblr at AnimeFeminist, and on Twitter and Mastodon at AnimeFeminist. And that is our show. Let us know what winter anime kept you warm and cozy in the comments, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>